Uh, well, good morning again. Uh, if you would fill out the Connect card that you were handed when you came in, put that in the offering basket as it goes by. That really is the first step in getting connected. I would love to invite you to a meet and greet, just let you hear a little bit of my story and what I'm passionate about and where our church is headed, and then also explore what your next steps might be. This morning, we are going to start a new series on the book of Daniel. Uh, we are not going to go kind of verse by verse, chapter by chapter. I'm going to hit certain stories in the, in the book of Daniel and highlight different ways that Daniel stood out and stood up. Uh, Daniel was not normal, to refer to last week's message. I believe that as the Holy Spirit works in us, God desires to, to change who we are. Uh, that our lives will be blessed if we stand up for the right things at the right time. But the flip side, I think, is also true. When we compromise on the wrong things and the wrong ways and at the wrong time, it can actually cost us more than we ever bargained for. Uh, if you didn't see the poster in the, the lobby about this series, I'd kind of like to give you the, the set of plans for the next five weeks that we'll be together today. We are talking about standing out because sometimes it's better to be different. Next week, we're going to look at standing up for what is right because if you don't stand up for what's right, oftentimes you will fall for anything. Week three, we're going to look at standing for what matters most. Uh, the king tells Daniel at one point that he cannot pray. He makes an edict across the land. David, Daniel does not make a, a stink about that. He just goes right on and keeps praying to the Lord. Week four, we're going to look and talk about standing in faith and prayer. Uh, if, at one point in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel is praying. He's seeking God, and God sends an angel to speak with Daniel and says, I have heard your prayer and the kingdom of heaven is basically in motion. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Week five is standing firm in the fire. Now, Daniel did that literally, uh, but we're going to see how that applies to all kinds of areas and trials in our life. So that's the set of plans for the next five weeks. Invite a friend uh, as we dig through the book of Daniel together. This morning, we're talking about standing out and we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. If you want to turn in your Bibles to that, you can. I want to give you a little bit of the context of the book of Daniel before we do dig in. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, at the time was the king of Babylon. He was a bad dude. Uh, when he conquered Israel, he didn't just take the city. He burned the nation's temple and everything in it. It was almost like he wanted to wipe the worship of God from the face of the earth. But his plot was even more sinister. His goal was to erase the memory of the worship of God from all of God's children. He told his officials, and I'm summarizing, uh, go get me the cream of the crop. Go get me the best of the best. Train them and how in how to be a Babylonian. And then after that three-year period, I will give them all jobs. And in time, they will forget about being the people of God. They will be just like us. 
So that's some of the backstory. Let's look at Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. You can look in your Bible or follow along. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So the the king wanted these young men to think like, act like, uh, speak like, eat like, drink like every other Babylonian in the land. And at the end of those three years, the king intended to give them a job. And this, this assimilation process, if you allow me to use that word, I believe is one that our enemy still uses with us today. The, the prince of darkness wants us to think like he thinks, believe like he believes, and behave like he believes in his relationship with God. His goal is to ensure that the worship of the one true God is eradicated. He wants us to adopt the ways of the world, his ways. There is a full-fledged spiritual battle going on, and Satan's lie, he lies and deceives trying to lure God's people away from God's best. To refer to, to last week's message, it is impossible to be normal and please God. Last week, we, in, just in case you weren't here, we said, you know, as you look at the world, you think, that's just crazy. But actually, crazy is normal. We're, we're the crazy ones. It's even possible in, in, in life today to be a, a, a cultural Christian and be in an unhealthy relationship with God. Now, what is a, a cultural Christian? I am so glad you asked um, because they're everywhere. They are people who would say, I believe in God. I call myself a Christian. I go to church, uh, sometimes even more than Christmas and Easter and for a wedding. Uh, my, my pap was a Methodist. My mama was a, a Baptist. And that makes me some breed of Christian. And besides, I'm, I'm, a pretty good, I'm a pretty good person. I might not be all religious like those, those weirdos who are way too serious about their religion. But yes, I believe in Jesus. And the Bible says, okay. Um, even the demons believe in Jesus. They believe in God, but they do not follow Jesus. That, my friends, would be a, a cultural Christian. You can't be sort of committed to Jesus. You, you can't be sort of connected to the people of God. You, you can't pick and choose from the word of God the things that you like and are comfortable with and the things that you don't like. In order to have victory over sin and darkness, God has to rule in our lives and in our hearts. To experience victory in Jesus, you have to be 
all in. Saying otherwise would be like saying, you know what, I can work out twice a year, watch a couple YouTube videos about fitness, and be in peak physical condition. No, you can't. And if you ever try to run a marathon on that kind of training regimen, you will find out very quickly. You are not in peak shape, nor can you just tell your wife or your husband once a year on Valentine's Day, honey, I love you, and have them actually believe you if you treat them terrible the rest of the year. You kind of have to be engaged in showing love to your spouse all the time. Likewise, you can't go to church for an hour a week or, or 50 minutes because most people come in 10 minutes late, right? Ooh, Pastor Steve with the stuff. Um, didn't see that coming, did you? But I might be sleeping on the couch tonight if my wife hears about that. <clears throat> but you can't, you can't connect with God for 50 minutes a week and have this growing, thriving relationship with Jesus. The presence of God has to be a priority in your life all the time. You have to be engaged. You have to seek him and dwell on his word and depend on him and let him renew your mind if you really want to know and be in a relationship with Jesus. Knowing Jesus leads to a life full of his spirit. And the spirit brings these kinds of things to life. It's in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If you make the presence of Jesus a priority in your life, you will experience the fruit of the Spirit, and you will have victory over darkness. Paul also said in Ephesians 6, 11 through 13, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Sometimes in life, you have to take a stand. You have to stand for what matters. You have to stand in the right way, at the right time, and for the right reasons. If you never stand out as a Christian, I would argue that you are not fully following God, that you are most likely not experiencing the fruit of the Spirit like Daniel and his friends were. Daniel and his three friends, I believe, stood for what mattered most in the right way at the right time and for the right reasons. Let me keep reading in Daniel chapter 1 and I'll explain. This is verses 6 through 7. Among those who were chosen were some from Judea, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, he gave the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. This, this name change was part of the, the entire indoctrination plan. The, the king 
took these teenage boys, because they were teenagers, a thousand miles from home. He had just crushed their place of worship, and now he wants to change all their names. Why? Because every single one of those Israelites' names were tied to their relationship with God. And every single one of the names that he gave them were tied to a pagan god in Babylon. So every time these young Jewish boys would have heard their new name, it was a reminder that they were now part of a new culture and a new religion and that they had a new life. Stated simply, the king was saying, you are not who you used to be. The king also wanted to change their diet. Again, for for an Israelite, diet, what they put in their mouth was tied to their relationship with God. And the new expectation is that they would eat from the king's table, which is an honor, but they would eat from his table. Now, I am sure that the king didn't eat all that bad. Um, He's the king. He probably ate some pretty good stuff. Uh, I'm going to guess he didn't eat chewy steak or drink box wine. Uh, It was the good stuff. But the food that he ate and the wine that he drank was, was most likely dedicated to pagan gods first. So it made it unclean by Israelite standards. So in the minds of David and his friends, eating this food would have been offensive to their relationship with God and a violation of the covenant relationship that they had made with him. The key is verse 8, and it's it's the key to our entire message this morning. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. I, I think... This is sort of odd in a way. Um, when Daniel, when Daniel and his friends' names were all changed, they didn't, they didn't protest at all. Uh, it's almost like Daniel and his friends thought, you know what, you can call us whatever you want, <laughs> but it doesn't change whose we are and who we are. It doesn't change who I am or who I'm going to worship. He took a stand when his actions would offend the Lord and defile his relationship with God. It says he, he resolved in his heart not to defile himself ahead of time. He had already made a decision. I think that's important because he could have made a million excuses to eat that food. Maybe you have, maybe you have said some of them. Well, I have to eat something. All there is in the house is cheesecake. (laughs) I'll just eat that. Or, hey, I'm at the mercy of somebody else. And it looks pretty good. God will understand and forgive me if I eat this. All the other Jewish boys are eating it. He resolved, he made up his mind ahead of time. I am not going there. So many times in the spiritual life, I think, The difference between pleasing God and not pleasing God can be determined ahead of time in our spirits and in our minds. 
I don't know who this is going to speak to this morning, but I believe the Spirit will personalize it to you. There are some things, even this morning, that you need to decide ahead of time, like right now, that no matter what happens in the future, I will always choose this path, or I will never do such and such. I will never touch another, you fill in the blank. Again, I will not let my eyes view ever again. I'm not going there because I know it is not a place I can be. I'm not going to put myself in a place of temptation and then say, Jesus, help me in the middle of this candy store not to eat any candy. But somehow we find ourselves places where we know we shouldn't be, facing temptation we shouldn't be facing in the first place, then praying to God. Maybe we need to decide ahead of time to walk away from certain conversations at work. Maybe you need to decide ahead of time not to have intimate conversations with a member of the opposite sex if you're married. Maybe you know somebody that just trash talks their spouse every time you're in their presence, and you need to decide ahead of time When I'm around them, I'm going to say something good about my wife or my husband. I'm going to turn around and walk away because I get sucked in to that negativity. Maybe you need to decide that I'm going to church every weekend. It's a priority. I don't care. I'm going. Or I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. I can assure you of this. People are watching you. People are listening to you as a Christian. And if you decide of time to honor God, you will stand out because you will not be normal. You will be a crazy person. And God will make himself known through you. If you are not standing out, if you are just blending in, then I'll argue that you are not fully following Jesus. These boys decided ahead of time not to eat this food dedicated to the pagan gods, and they stood out, not just that day, like every meal, breakfast, lunch, and supper, they stood out. This one decision set them apart from everyone else. If you fully follow Jesus and get closer to him, you won't be ashamed of standing out. Daniel and his friends, though, I think stood out in a very wise way, and I want to look at um, Daniel 1, 12 through 15. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance to what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. This is, this is awesome, I think. Um, Daniel and his friends did not cause a big stink about this. They had resolved in their heart, but they went about this the right way. They did not insult anyone. They were respectful. They said, hey, can, can we just try something for 10 days? Here's the lesson. You can stand out for the right things in the right way, or you can stand out for the wrong things in the wrong way. And you can even stand out for the right things in the wrong 
forgive me, but I think there are Christians standing out for the wrong thing in the wrong way all the time. And it does not help the gospel. And there are even Christians who are standing out for the right things, but in the wrong way. You probably know somebody. They're like the, the Facebook Bible police. Uh, you, you say something, they immediately chime in and smack you over the head with the word of God. They are rude, offensive, and have the spiritual gift of being annoying. I didn't know that was one of them until then. They do not try to live at peace with anyone. You know any turn or burn, brothers and sisters? They have turned the good news into a bonfire for sinners. I am sorry, but that is God's job later. It is not my job, and it is not your job. Oh, how quickly some of us forget that we have only escaped the fires of hell by the grace of God. You can stand out in the Some of you here this morning might be standing out in the wrong way already. Don't point. (laughs) Don't point. Just just pray. Church, I want us to stand out for the right things in the right way. At the right time for the right reasons. God is worth taking a stand for. But we need wisdom to know in the right times what the right reasons are. And when... We need to let things go. Christians fight over issues and take a stand in ways that I think hurt the spread of the gospel. I remember when we were looking for a site to have our capital campaign celebration back in 2013. We asked one of the local elementary schools if we could have our celebration in their school auditorium. And they told us no because of the separation of church and state. Now, first of all, that is not a proper application, the separation of church and state. Uh, The separation of church and state was put in place so the government could not tell the church how to worship. It was to keep the government out of the church. You cannot, second of all, tell one group of tax-paying citizens, all of you fine folks, that they cannot use the auditorium and tell another group tax-paying citizens, that they can use a public auditorium. That is discrimination. That is against the Constitution. Part of me (laughs) wanted to make an issue of that and call the American Center of the Law and Justice because I knew they were wrong. But the other part of me thought, the part that was listening to the school, (laughs) this is not going to help This is not going to help our relationship with that school. And God will provide another place for us to have our celebration without causing a scene. And the Lord provided a place that worked absolutely beautifully. And we celebrated at the community college together on March 17th of 2013. And now, three years later, we actually have a ministry partnership with that elementary school. And I wonder if that partnership would would be as healthy if we had filed a suit against the school. You see, all of us face those situations, those things where we know that we know that we know that we are right. And like Daniel, we must decide 
if it is the right time and the right place to stand up for the right reasons? Is this one of those things that I should stand up about and stand out about, or should I let this go? My advice is think, pray, and decide ahead of time. Because all of us have those opportunities, those temptations, challenges, relational run-ins with people, situations that we know ahead of time that we are going to face at work, at school, at home. Like Daniel, resolve in your heart whether you will stand out or not and whether it's necessary. I think if we do seek, we will experience like Daniel, the fruit of seeking God ahead of time. Look at Daniel 1.19. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. God gave them understanding that the others who ate the royal food did not have. They did better in school obeying the Lord. So those of you who are in school, let that be a lesson to you. Do not eat cafeteria food dedicated to pagan idols. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but God really did give them the ability in order to interpret dreams and vision. They changed history because they were willing to stand out for God. Think about that for a moment. Had they not had the courage to stand out, nothing historic would have happened. I don't know about you, but I would rather stand out for Jesus to be, than be forgotten for one moment. Amen? Come on, that's some good preaching. I would rather be remembered for standing out for Jesus than be forgotten for one moment. I want my kids to remember, Dad was crazy about Jesus. Our church growing up was crazy about Jesus. They had this festival every year, and they gave all the money away to missions. Even when they didn't have the whole festival, and they just had the auction like this year, they still, in the middle of a building campaign, chose to give all the money away because it wasn't all about them. It was about showing people Jesus. Crazy, crazy people that New Standing Church for Jesus. That's what we're going to be remembered for. Let's decide now. See, if we are, if you are, just blending in, you are not making the impact God has for you. We are going to stand for Jesus against the enemy. Because Jesus was stood up on the cross for us, we're going to stand up for him. He called us not to be conformed to the of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, then, then we'll, we will be able to test and approve what his will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You cannot be a part-time Christian and stand in victory, so we will stand together. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would lead us and give us wisdom that as we live our lives, that we can bring you glory and that others might know the truth of the gospel. God, if that means standing out and suffering for it, so be it. We want to do what you are calling us to do. 
that means letting some things go, guide us. May we stay in step with your spirit. As we're praying this morning, I, I really sense that God could be speaking to our hearts in a number of ways. Some of you might need to pray for a spirit of, of boldness, that God would enable you to, to take a stand that, that you're blending in too much with the world. And for others, man, you, you stand out and make, <laughs> make noise about absolutely everything. And God might be just saying to your heart, you know what? Let it go. If God is saying to you this morning, be bold. Decide in your heart this day to be bold. If he's saying, just, just relax, let it go, seek me, pray, wait for the right time, the right place, pray for that peace that passes all May people see Jesus in us always. There might be some other people here this morning that you know that you need to decide ahead of time that you're not going to go and do and say some things that you know the temptations of that just running rampant. You've been hurt. Decide this morning, Jesus. We are resolving right now in our hearts and our minds to follow you wherever that is. Because we belong to you and we'll do what you tell us. And then lastly, some of you know that in your heart of hearts, you, you don't belong to Jesus. You're one of those cultural Christians that has never really taken a stand and asked Jesus to rule in your head, in your heart, in your life. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God loves you. He died for you. And he wants to live inside of you and give you the power and the courage to live a new life. And if you would like to experience that forgiveness and love today, would you pray with me in your hearts right now? God, I Jesus, I confess my sin this morning. I lay my burdens and my past at your feet. I invite you in. Jesus, you have stood up for me, and now I give you my life. 